following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both you the crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Jonesy and Brown Show. He is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. We are here to talk sports. We are here to talk every talk hoops. We'll talk football. We'll talk baseball. We'll talk hockey if you ask us to. Just let us know. Hit us up on social media at BITW Sports or at Jonesy and Brown. Just hit us up. We'll be there. We'll be around. All right, March Madness is underway as usual. It starts with the first four. All right. So, Mm -hmm. it's March. Yes. We're talking about the first four. You know what, JB? It's tradition at this point. It it, it is tradition. Well, here's the thing. Because I think I might surprise you this year. I I, I will ask you you this question first. Mm -hmm. And... So here's my question with what, with whatever you're feeling, whatever you're set, whatever you got to say, and I know mm. you got some th- stuff you want to <laughs> say. Uh-huh. It, here's my question: How do you feel about where Georgetown ended up being seated in this tournament? Um, I think, I well, I will, I, I think honestly, it's it's probably it's probably right. You know, double-digit seed. Yes, they're the Big East tournament champion. Double-digit seed. Um, prop, especially for a tournament champion who would not be in the tournament had they lost. Mm-hmm. Had they lost that game, you know, I'm not even sure. If they had, lost, had they lost that game. That if they lost that game. Championship game. They make it all the way to the tournament championship. Mm-hmm. If they lose that game, they don't get it. No. No, okay. they'd they be 12 and 13. And see, that is exactly the team I'm talking about when I say, if you if you're only in the tournament because what you did on the last day, mm-hmm. you win that conference tournament. Mm-hmm. In my mind, you're in the last four in, oh. and you should mm-hmm. be playing in those four those four playing games. Nah, that's the team I'm always arguing about. Should be playing in those first four games. Well, I, I would I would say this. If they wanted, if they're committed, if the if the tournament committee was committed to saying, you know what, we're going to have at least four conference tourney champions mm-hmm. in the first four, because you see, two of those games are two teams fighting for eleven seeds. Mm-hmm. Now, and, now, like, like if if they say it had been a <clears throat> team from a mid major conference. Or something like that. That was twenty and ten, and they were on the bubble, mm-hmm. and then they win their conference tournament. No, I don't want to see them playing in the first four. Mm-hmm. But a team that's twelve and twelve, and you just happen to get hot at the right time, yeah, you're one of the last four teams into me. To me, well, and, and I'll get, I'll, I'll address both of these issues mm-hmm. because first of all, let's 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 be real. People, people pimp this subject out of the two of us because they know that we have completely opposite 
opinions on this. So every year around this time, people will just want to start poking the bear and try and get Jonesy and Brown to get on a podcast and argue this subject. Now, it's just, like people are for real, like the fact that we started our show, there are literally people right now just like dance puppets. There they go. <laughs> dance puppets. But honestly, I feel like if, if the, if the selection committee was committed to saying, you know what, this is how it has to be. There needs to be tournament champ, tournament, like tournament champions are not exempt from the first four, which I, I do believe they should be. Then, yeah, you know what, I wouldn't have a problem with a team like Georgetown being in. However, I do feel like, you know, I do feel like tournament champions should not be in the, uh, in the first four. I believe that it should be the last eight, uh, it should be the last eight at large bids. It should be the first. If it should be the first four, excuse me, the last four in versus the first four out. Okay. I I yeah. believe that gives you better games. I believe that gives you better. That makes more comp- uh, more compelling basketball. And I, and I understand how you feel, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but let, let's look specifically at this year, mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. A twelve and twelve team mm-hmm. is it. In solely because of what they did on the last day of their season. How does that, in your mind, not sound like a team that is among the last four teams in the tournament? Ask that question again. I'm sorry. Ask it again. A team went 12 and 12. Forget Mm -hmm. the name. Forget the name of the team, the name of their conference. They just happen to play in the conference Mm -hmm. where the conference winner gets an automatic bid. But this team, 12 and 12 mediocre at best during the season mm-hmm. gets hot at the end of the year and because they win their <clears> last <throat> game of the season they squeak into the tournament honestly i feel to me i don't i personally do not find that as egregious as making a team that won their conference tournament play in the first four to me yeah, i i get it georgetown was 12 and 12 by the, uh the championship game Mm-hmm. Still won four games against four nights. Beat the number one seed. Granted, they were they were hurt. Mm-hmm. Point guard out. Their point guard was out. And you, know, you know how I feel about point yes, guards. I completely understand it. They caught a, a they caught a wounded Villanova team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat Villanova. They beat Creighton. Who they beat? Uh, um, oh, in the um, in between Villanova, in, they beat Villanova in, in the first yeah. round. Uh, well, no, they had to win. They had to win to get to Villanova. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right. Villanova they had to win. Had to buy. Yeah, because Villanova had to buy. They were number one seed. Won four games. They won four games and four nights. To me, I feel like I, I I get it. Twelve and twelve ain't sexy. I'm not gonna sit here and act like you know this is a team that that is. This isn't one of those times where you're like, okay, they're better than their record shows. And you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's some sometimes you could apply that to to a team. This ain't one of them. You know, it's like Georgetown is who we thought they were. But but my question mm-hmm. is this, because this is like the prototype team for my argument. Mm-hmm. By both of our by <clears throat> both of our reasoning, they are only in the tournament because of what they did on their last day of their season. Well, well okay. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be that that one win <clears throat> gives them an automatic bid into the tournament. They won that game. So... You're in the tournament. The NCAA is telling us these are first-round games. Mm-hmm. They are tournament games. 
So if this is a tournament team, and what's wrong with putting them in where they belong in the tournament? You know what I mean? Let's let's be honest about these seedings. Otherwise, you're telling me the seedings are more about things other than where we're actually saying the teams are ranked. Okay. All right. Just for the record, uh, Georgetown beat Marquette, mm-hmm. Villanova, Seton Hall, Seton and Creighton. Seton Hall was the one in between Villanova and Creighton. And Creighton. Yeah. To me, I think it's not just what they did on – well, I mean, they won the conference tournament, so mm-hmm. – but four games, four games, four games and to, four nights, four straight in their season to end their season. And to to me, if you do that, then nah, you know, you, you're in the round of 64. I want to see I want to see the last four. To me, it's like this, that the. The reason why you're on the bubble, you play to get a seat at the table. Winning mm-hmm. your conference t- tournament is a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. So, so if you so if so regard so yeah I, I I get that they're twelve and twelve. I get that they wouldn't be in the tournament without that you know without that conference tournament. But it's there. It's there for everybody. Everyone has everyone in the Big East had a chance to win that. Georgetown was the team that won that. So now mm-hmm. they they have now earned their right to not be on the bubble. So if you're going to have a first round, then the first round needs to be the last four in versus the first four out. If you were on the bubble, the four teams who were on the right side of the bubble against the four teams who were on the wrong side of the bubble, let them play it out and let them, you know, and let them have those last four uh, seats. Put one in each, put one in each region and, and just have it out. To me, that's better basketball. To me, that's a more that's a more entertain. I look, man. You watch the you you you're a ball okay. fan, aren't you? Right. I mean, before before you make your point, let me let me. You're a ball fan, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot tell me that that Mount St. Mary's versus Texas Southern was a game you were excited to see. Other than the fact that you're excited that the tournament's back after a year a year layoff. All right. I hear your point, but but let's look at this. Mm-hmm. Texas Southern, who you just mentioned, mm-hmm. was a seventeen and eighteen. Mm-hmm. They won two better than two thirds of their games. They're playing in the playing game for mm-hmm. the first four. Mount Saint Marys, they're a twelve and eleven team. Yeah, they're supposed to be there. Drake, what was Drake's record this year? 26 and 4. They were 26 and 4. Mm-hmm. Wichita State, 16 and 6, limited schedule. I can understand you putting them there. Then you've got Appalachian and Appalachian Norfolk. State, Norfolk State. Both of these are 17 win teams. Both of them. And then you've got UCLA and Michigan State. Best game of the night. That was at ten o'clock, though. That's UCLA what... <clears throat> is eighteen and nine. They won two thirds of their games. <clears throat> Michigan State on fifteen and three. That around five hundred. That sounds like a team who deserves to be in that last in the those first four games. But I'm looking at out of the eight teams that played, at least half of them were more deserving of a spot in the round of 64 than Georgetown was. 
Maybe. Based and on we- what they did during the season. Mm-hmm. But you're so your argument is you're talking about teams that are on the bubble deserve to be. But look at the team. You got a 26 win team mm-hmm. playing on Thursday this year instead of Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I want to. It, here's the thing. Did that 26 win team win their conference tournament? Yes. Their conference tournament. Oh, did they win their conference tournament? Their conference tournament. Not the regular season championship. The conference tournament. No. Then they should be playing. If they're on the bubble, if well, they won. Tw- tw- I'm sorry, go ahead. asking you. Why is a 26-win team in your mind on the bubble? But that, they won 26 that's for, games. That's for, that's for the bracketologists. Whoever put them on the bubble. That's what, unfortunately, we can't get Joe Lenardi on this show. Joe Lenardi doesn't want to rock with Jonesy and Brown. I don't understand why. That's that's just his thing. You know, you you get these bracketologists who make up these who make up these rankings and why they decide like that's that is for them. But my thing is it should be the first four should be with eight at-large bids, not conference tournament champs, not not automatic bids. An automatic bid should get you into the round of 64. An automatic bid gets you into the tournament. Gets you into the round of six. Well, you are no. the one You are the one who said. Now, you it are the one who said. The you said. A, what an, does an automatic bid get you a right to? It gets you a right to play in the no, tournament. No, but, but what the you're. The NCAA mm-hmm. tournaments telling us these are tournament games, right? Yes, 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 yes. Then, because we're because ta- because we're talking we're talking about what we what we would like to see, and what you're saying is the system is fine. I'm saying no, nah, I, I I think it could be better. I think it would be better if it was for if it was for uh it was completely at large bids. No, I, I don't think the system is fine because <clears throat> I don't think a, t- a tournament champ should be ex- be excluded from playing in the first round. Yeah, I don't yeah. believe that. I believe the first round is should they do count as tournament games? Mm-hmm, yeah, and the fact that you won a tournament championship shouldn't exclude you from being well, a 16 seed but, but and when, playing in those, those first four but, games. But what I, what I'm saying is, but that is how it, that that what you just said that is how the system works. If you're no, if, it's not. if you're a if you're a tournament championship winner, you can you can win. You if you are a tournament champion winner, you can play in the first four. That's that's how it is. Like, if and Georgetown should have been playing in the first. Then that, uh, then that's that's a beef with the the selection committee. The selection committee decided that they were. Uh, the selection committee decided that they were good enough to not play in the in the uh, in the mm-hmm. first four. That's a beef with them. That's not a like my problem is with the system of the first four. If you're saying like, look, your problem seems to be with seating. George apparently the selection committee thought Georgetown was too good of a team to have to play in the first four, and to and so because Norfolk State won their tournament champion, that's how they got into the dance. But they mm-hmm. and you know the same with and the, the same with exactly Texas Southern. They needed to be. Hmm. I mean, I hear what you saying. I, I disagree, but okay. I'm saying Georgetown should have been there with them. Then that's that's a beef with the selection committee. That's not a beef. Your no, beef, beef ain't my beef. My beef is absolutely with the selection committee. That, that's because, fine. And I and I think we my beef is with say, the system. I, I hate think the we would system. Both say that the selection committee though shows a lack of consistency in how they're doing this. Because mm-hmm. if they if they're being consistent in how they're doing it, 
Norfolk State, who's there for winning their conference tournament, and Georgetown, who's there for winning their conference tournament, should both be on the same level because neither one of these teams get in the tournament if they don't win those last couple games of the year. Mm -hmm. That's my that's my one beef with how it went down this year. These teams should be. So you you would have been happy if Georgetown played Norfolk State. Yep. All right. I mean, I, I hear you. The two of y'all are fighting for one spot in the field of sixty-four. What do you mean, y'all? Norfolk State beat my uh, team in the in the uh, conference. When I say y'all, I mean the, those, the two of them, those, the two of those two teams. Nor, Norfolk State beat my beloved Morgan State, and Morgan State is now watching the tournament with me. So it, it, it is what it is. You you just know, like what when, was Morgan when, State's record this year? Um, golly, it's a good well, question. See, you, you you don't even know. I if don't. it was good, you would know. No, you, you know what? You're you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're 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 absolutely right. But but on the flip side, like a school like Morgan, like if they did have a really good record mm-hmm. and they lost in the tournament championship, for me personally, because my school is that small, I would be cool with like like to me, NIT ain't bad. Like, but but what I'm for me mm-hmm. like if. If a team like Morgan, say you all have a season where y'all go twenty-seven and two, mm-hmm. and one of those two losses is in the conference tournament championship game, I wouldn't want to see Morgan playing in that first four games. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'd, I, want, to, I, I'd mm-hmm. want to see your conference champion playing in those first four games because they were likely a, mm-hmm. a fifteen and fourteen well, team. Th- that kind of happened to us a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Like we had a real good stretch of seasons. Uh, remember, uh, he's he's now left the, the school, um, but for a long time, uh, Todd Bozeman was the head coach at Morgan. Remember, Todd Bozeman was with Cal with mm-hmm. J- uh, with Jason Kidd. He coached that mm-hmm. Cal team that beat Duke in the uh, in the tournament. But uh, he went to he went to Morgan, and they had a good stre- stretch of years. And it was it was crazy because this was before they extended the first four to what it is now, where I believe mm-hmm. there was there might have been like there there was like sixty five teams, and there was like one at large bid, and I think then they extended mm-hmm. it to two. So a lot yeah, because it, it went from sixty four to sixty five because that's mm-hmm. what it was the actual play the play in game, but. At that point in time, it was like it, it, I felt like, like then, it seemed like those smaller schools were kind of ranked a little bit better and a little more honest because Morgan had a really good team that lost in their conference championship, mm-hmm. and then for they went to the NIT. Now they went to the NIT, and I think this was a couple of years ago. But remember, I think uh, Virginia Tech had a real good team that kind of got hosed. They were kind of on the bubble, but you thought they were – they ended up being on the bubble and ended up out of the tournament. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people had figured them in. And they had felt like they had gotten – you know, that was a big story. I think it might have been one of Seth Greenberg's last seasons with with, uh, Virginia Tech. So they got a – so they got a motivated – Virginia Tech team in the first round of the NIT and got absolutely obliterated. You know, they, they got a, a Virginia Tech team that just felt like they had gotten robbed. But but I, I say all this to say that the next two years, they won their conference uh, championship. Mm-hmm. And they got 15 seeds. They didn't get mm-hmm. 16 seeds. And I felt like a lot of times before, before this whole 
before the first four became what it is, you saw more HBCUs get that 15 seed when they win that automatic bid. Even if it's a team that does, even if it's not necessarily a team that wins the regular season champion championship, mm-hmm. but still wins the 20, you get in your 15 seed, and you you would see more often, like like I'm I'm happy that that Norfolk State and uh, Texas Southern were able to get wins in the first four. Uh, you know, it, it's good. Their tournament wins, not you know. It is. It is what it is. That's not. That's something you can't take off your record. You, you, they went to the. Uh, to the. Uh, they went to the big dance and got wins. But it's like I remember Hampton as a 15 seed beating uh, Iowa State. I remember uh, Coppin beating Richmond. Uh, what was it? Uh, a couple years ago, Norfolk State uh, winning a game as a 15 seed. You know, it, like like to me the, those. Those are the wins that I remember. Those are the wins I want to see. You know, those are the ones that, yeah, like, yes, it's all tournament wins. You know, we all mm-hmm. know what they are, you know. But it's still that that win in the round of 64 says something. You know, all to right. go to the second, you know, whether you're but, Friday, to go to play on here, Saturday and Sunday. But here's what I'm thinking. Like, mm-hmm. for example, the year you mentioned where Morgan – had a good team, but they lost that one champion, that one game, the mm-hmm. tournament championship game. A year like that, I would like to see a Morgan still make the tournament, and a team who got hot late and wins a conference tournament ch- championship have to be in one of those first four games. Mm-hmm. Be- be- I I don't want to see a a team like Morgan go disheartened to the NIT. And because their heart's not in it after being disappointed after a great season for them, not have their heart into it and, play, and lose to a, motiv- a team that is motivated for the NIT. I, I, I guess, honestly, and that's probably that probably speaks to the makeup of the dance because I am not, mm-hmm. I, and maybe it, it just takes, you know, HBCUs getting there more consistently because I feel like to me, I don't. I don't know if, at this point, because quite frankly, you know, when when you have this situation, you like know, I, I, like I, 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 like, 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 well, real quick. Finish, I, mm-hmm. Before you finish, I just want to say this real quick. I just want to make sure I, my my feeling is accurate. I just want to like. I think regular season championships should be weighted a little more than a tournament championship, as mm-hmm. far as come as far as come seedings. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm looking at it. Okay. I, well, I I guess honestly, and I I feel like to to the point that you, I don't know if schools schools like I don't think schools like Morgan necessarily see the NIT as the consolation prize that your bigger schools see see it as. Like as. As you get, you know, you play, of course you play college basketball to get to the Mm -hmm. big dance. I'm not saying that these schools see the NIT on the same level as the big dance. But But as a competitor, as a competitor, they have a great season. Yes. And their mindset all the way through the tournament is we're going to the big dance Mm -hmm. until they lose that one game. Mm -hmm. They're disheartened after that. I, I, I guess, honestly. But because, quite frankly, 
when when it comes to especially HBCUs, mm-hmm. whereas you know, say, if you're a school, because like you you look at it like this, like if you're if you're in you know the power conferences, and you don't make mm-hmm. the big dance, you know the NIT, you know. NIT but, is it, it, it's, it's like the, the NIT. Did, did you see that picture I posted on Facebook or excuse me on 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 Twitter and I sent it to Danny Pomels those Fubu uh, tens that look like Jordan tens, but, but they see, was like JB, so f- that's what the NIT is to a power conference. I but JB, I think you what your the perspective you have is that of a power conference fan. Mm-hmm. If if you're looking at the athlete's perspective, if I'm at that small school. I'm looking at it as I have limited chances to get to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. A power conference school, well, we're back next year. We can make a run every year because we have that notoriety of being a power conference school. Mm-hmm. If I'm a small school athlete and I have that good season where I honestly believe we have a realistic shot of getting to the big dance, which is harder to do for Morgan than it is for mm-hmm. a, like a 26-win team at Morgan still might not make the tournament. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't. Mm, I'm a 26 win Georgetown. I'm a top three seed every time, guaranteed. No matter what I do mm-hmm. with my conference story, it's complete. You see, so it's a completely different mindset from the athlete. You, so you, that's what. That's you, no, what you I mean might. You that yeah. there's a letdown like that athlete. What? I know I had my one shot. You you get there from you, a small you might you might be right, and honestly, that that would this is something that would probably take having to talk to some, you know, talk to someone who has played on that level. Talk to that HBCU basketball, you know, that that HBCU basketball player. Because I feel like, for me, it's not even, like, like, like when you come from an HBCU, going to the tournament means you need to win your conference, you need to win your conference tournament. It's not, no matter how good of a season, Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't win the conference tournament, you ain't going. And it's not. And despite how good of a season you you have, it's not a guarantee. Like, like the conference tournament guarantees you a a spot, but that's the I, only way. That I is that. But, but hold, hold on, let let me finish. That is the only way you can guarantee postseason play. Because mm-hmm. it's not a guarantee that the NIT will call you. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I understand all of that. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, and all of that being understood, it no matter what, mm-hmm. if I'm the player who puts in all the work to put ourselves in position to be the number one seed going into the conference tourney so we get the easiest schedule going through mm-hmm. and all that, and we won 25, 26 ga- games during the year so our confidence is high. Mm-hmm. And we lose to some 15 win team on a random Sunday because our jump shots weren't falling. We mm-hmm. played good ball. We got good looks. We just weren't hitting the J that day. But we know we're a better team. Mm-hmm. And now we're we have to sit around and hope for the NIT instead of me having my dream of going to the NCAA's. Mm-hmm. No matter if we get into the NIT or not, I'm disheartened. Now. Okay. I mean, I, I I I hear you. And like I said, I, I guess. It, Maybe. It's a letdown for the athlete because mm-hmm. in that one quick moment, I went from I'm about to make, reach my dream to mm-hmm. 
an off-shooting night took that from me. <laughs> after I a great, you. after mm-hmm. a great season, an off-shooting night to a team that really doesn't deserve to be here, but they got hot for a couple days. It is what it, that's the reality of it. They, that, they, that, you, because I think you, I, you go into the conference tournament, and I understand, and I understand because once again, here I am. I honestly really didn't expect to spend like a major amount of time debating this with you because I debate this with you every year. But, but I think we're having a little bit more detailed mm-hmm. conversation this year. I, I like, I think you, you go into like when you go to these HBCUs. When you go to small schools like that, you you go into it knowing that, that you have limited opportunities. That you have limited opportunities, and the best opportunity that you have is to win the conference tournament. So if you go into it, there, it's like you want guarantees. Mm-hmm. You don't want hopes and dreams. So it's like, all right, you know, if you want to play in the big dance, you have to win your. Like you have to win your conference tournament, like you said, and, and to to the point that you made earlier, I understand that you feel like regular season championships should weigh more, should have mm-hmm. more, should have should carry should more weight more than when it comes to seating. When it comes to seating, I get that and I understand that. But to me, it's like it happens too often. Where it's like you know, like direct, like when you go to a school, when you go to a school in the MEAC, you go to a school in the SWAC. You know that yes, that regular season champion. You know that it, the regular season championship is like you know the best record in the league. You know in, in the NBA, whereas you know it's it's cool to say, but in the end, you want that championship. But if you want, but if you say you're the selection committee for a second, mm-hmm. I want you to pretend you're them, mm-hmm. and you're trying to get the best basketball mm-hmm. possible and the most excitement for the tournament. Don't you think it would be good to have the actual best teams in the tournament? And I, if you have a team that won 26 games and then had one off day, I, I would kind of want to see what that team can do in the tournament. I struggle to think about I, I and and this is my problem because you know because partially I, I, I struggle with uh imagining myself as a the, the selection okay. committee. But 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 I'll, but but I know but I, I I am prepared to answer your question because right, I feel hold, like hold, hold, hold that thought JP well, well no no I I, I I know we up hold, against hold, the time. I know I know hold your thought one second we'll come right back to it. All right. You feel this podcast to hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. My suit can still make an impression. And my lamp can bring others a bright future. Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. And now, a few thoughts from your boy Brown. Y'all gotta clean the snow off your cars. Especially if you gotta drive on the highway. I am tired of driving behind people got big giant slabs of snow flying off their car if you a guy there's absolutely no reason for there to be snow flying off your car 
And it's even worse when you got a little car. You see a dude driving around in a Prius or a Focus or a Kia Soul or something like that. Uh, a Mini Cooper, a Fiat, and you still got snow on your roof and you a grown man. That's, oh, come on. That's unacceptable. Y'all clean the snow off your cars. Check out your boy Brown during the workflow weekdays at 2 p.m. on the Grown Folks Group, phillygoflow.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Both you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. You are listening to Jonesy and Brown. <laughs> we are having a good time talking back. No, we're not having no good time talking about this, man. <laughs> uh, it's tournament time, and we, as usual, we got to get to it. Mm-hmm. So... JB, a couple minutes ago, you were getting into your thought. I'm going to let you continue now. I, mm-hmm. For for those who are listening and can't see the look can't, on JB's Can't see the look on right my face now. because, look, man, I will. It's I, usually him that pushes my buttons. First, this is one look, of those times I, I will make I know it, I I'll, can get to him. I'll make it perfectly clear because I will say this every March. The first four is trash. I hate the first four. I love March Madness. I love, I love March Madness. I love everything about March Madness. I love, I, I I think weekday afternoon basketball is like the greatest thing in the history of sports. All right, so let me ask I've, you a question. I, say, mm-hmm. let me ask you a question mm-hmm. since you say that. You said the first four is trash. First four. Is do you trash. think the mm-hmm. Do you think the first four could be more fun? If you took a bunch of 15 and 15 teams that were all hot playing their best basketball of the year and let them duke it out against each other? No. I want the last <laughs> four in versus the I, first four out. But I think you might actually get good basketball if you took these teams no. that are all hot and play. No. You have teams that are all hot no. and playing their best basketball no. at the time. You're sitting here telling people, hey, man, tune in as the, as the tournament starts because we got – Drake versus Wichita State, and we got Appalachian State versus Norfolk J- State. See, look, I should, I should, people, look. People look, aren't tuning in for people, those games anyway. People understand people, something, but but here you're not so going to get the most. The you're not going to get the most. Uh, you're not going to get the most excitement if the first question you ask when you see the matchup is who. But the only people you, that are tuning into the first four, no matter what, are purists. Okay, and I think the purists would enjoy good basketball. I think that you'll get both the purists and the college basketball experts if you had four game. If you had four games like Michigan State versus uh, Michigan State versus UCLA, you you, you know what would help that? Put a name like Georgetown in it. Okay. If Georgetown hadn't made the tournament, had they not won the conference tournament, and you put they're Georgetown not playing at all. <laughs> If they didn't win their conference tourney, they're not playing at all. That's my point. I wouldn't. If first of all, honestly, and and and, and this, and I'll I'll be honest with you before we move on. Uh, because this to me, this 
tournament, this Big East tournament saved Patrick Ewing. Because mm-hmm. I have been sitting here wondering, on like at like Patrick Ewing, like Georgetown has been average, but the last couple of years. Under it Ewing. takes a college basketball coach a couple of years to get his recruits mm-hmm. in and get how, them acclimated. Like how how long? And then, then I, I, like, and I, I'm not I'm not just talking about Patrick Ewing, but I'm asking you for your opinion. How long? How many years would you give a college coach? Three at least. Three. Okay. At, so at, at least three. He needs to get his first group of upperclassmen in there. Because mm-hmm. your upperclassmen, your team, your players who are going to be physically mature enough to really handle the rigors of the season. But they're also going to be the ones who are more familiar with the system, more experienced. Okay. And it was just why we see teams like Villanova, who mm-hmm. has been very successful lately, not with the big name talent per se, but with the, upper, but with upperclassmen and experience. Because this is what I'm talking about. This is Patrick Ewing's third, uh, excuse me, fourth year at Georgetown. So around now, this is yeah. where you should start to be seeing results. When, now, that, that being said, this was a weird year yeah. for everybody. Yeah. So, so to me, to me, I think. Well, let me let, let me make my point. Georgetown. First year under Patrick Ewing, fifteen and fifteen. They went fifteen and fifteen. Mm-hmm. Went nineteen and fourteen. Okay. Went fifteen and seventeen. Mm-hmm. And then this year, thirteen and twelve. Yeah, so this was a year where he needed to be seeing some results. You're right. Mm-hmm. This tournament run probably went a long way towards saving his job, getting him some security for at least another year or two. Mm-hmm. Because I, 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 I'm not disagreeing with you mm-hmm. there. Because I, I think, because, uh, like, I, I don't, like, Georgetown puts themselves in a predicament by bringing Patrick Ewing in. Because he's somebody who, you know, next to John Tom- next to John Thompson and next to John Thompson III, you know, this is somebody who exudes Georgetown. Yeah. You know, it, like, if there was any, you, you have one of your greatest one of your greatest players is now a coach. Mm. But before he had head coaching experience, he goes probably, to, he goes to his own greatest modern. player in Georgetown, mm-hmm. in Georgetown's history. And they've had a lot of great They've players. had a lot of great players. And you look, I ain't going to be the one to sit here and argue with you that Patrick Ewing ain't the greatest player in Georgetown <laughs> history. That, that's not that's not a debate I'm going to get into with you. Cuz I don't know if you've ever seen any tape of him cuz you know, we were fairly young in mm-hmm. those days. Yeah. But I don't know if you've ever gone back and watched any of those games. In college, Patrick Ewing was dominant. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. But I I feel like you if if it what I don't believe that Patrick Ewing has really even been on the hot seat. I I told you his coaching record, mm-hmm. but I don't even believe like I don't. I don't even think it's even been suggested that Patrick Ewing is even close or even remotely close to the hot seat. Whereas I'm not quite sure someone who doesn't have the the history at Georgetown that Patrick Ewing has would be given that type of leeway. Uh, you know, 15 and 15, 19 and 14, 15 and 17. And now, and now 13 and 12. 13 and 12. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think 
any anybody not Patrick Ewing, there'd be some there'd be at least a little bit of chirping for the job. I I agree. You know, but nonetheless, he wins. Him being who he is has gone a long way to giving him a little bit of more comfort in his mm-hmm. chair as the head coach. No, and mm-hmm. I think they also would have a hard time finding someone who they honestly believe could recruit better for Georgetown, mm-hmm. which, as we both know, is one of the biggest parts of college basketball coach being a head coach is being able to recruit. Mm-hmm. So unless you have one of the, somebody who's a surefire can't miss type guy, mm-hmm. Patrick Ewing's a guy you can't just replace with anybody. Yeah. I, I can't look, I want your opinion on this. I, I, I really want your opinion. Like I, if it, like I know, like for me and you, mm-hmm. we got a we got a seventeen, eighteen year old son who's good at basketball. Patrick Ewing sitting in my Patrick Ewing is sitting in my living room. You know, I'm sitting there wide eyes, like, son, this uh, is nah. where you know. Uh, oh no, nah, I'm talking X's and O's about what kind of system he wants to run. No, that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Well, that's good for you. I'm a total fanboy. I'm sitting over there. So <laughs> let me tell you. So when Scottie Pippen went up like this, did you really want to get up and punch him? In, you know, like. Oh uh, uh, no! I'm just gonna have that poster on the wall in the background. See that? See, and that's and, and that's why Patrick would walk. <laughs> he walked the hell mm-hmm. out to your house, right? There, you know. Uh, right, I gotta know I, how Coach can handle his cool under pressure. First of all, I'm interviewing him too. I'm see. That's see, I, I asked the wrong person. <laughs> Cause let me tell you something. Patrick Ewing comes in here and wants to take my son to see. Look, we gone. And and it, it, it's funny because now as as I go through the college selection process with my son now, mm-hmm. you know, and you try not to be completely overbearing, you know, because it is their decision. It's your kid's decision. And right now, my son pretty much has his, his mind made up. He's told us where he wants to go. And it's not necessarily where me and it his mother. It wouldn't be your first choice. It wouldn't be our first choice. And it's like, but to be fair, he did what I asked him to do in making his, his selection. He made his visits, did his research. Mm-hmm. He, he, he did. And honestly, I had. My so own, he took the selection process seriously. He, he did, but I, 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 I think he, I think that he's, uh, he got swayed by who showed him the most interest initially, mm-hmm. where it might not necessarily be the best choice, but they kind of, they, they, they kind of made it real flashy. So he's like, yeah, I'm going. You know, this is where mm-hmm. I'm going. But like, all, all I'm saying is, is, it's like, if. if you know, somebody like Pat comes into my house. You know, I, 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 I want to claim. I, I know darn well, ain't no X's being talked about, ain't no O's being talked about, and and you're and you're absolutely and, right in what you you know. That's probably think, the best thing to ask. Because I think you know me. Mm-hmm. I'd be excited, but I'd be excited for the chance to talk basketball with him. Mm-hmm. You know, me uh, see no me. I'm digging out my my Ewings. Uh, Cause I got a couple pair upstairs. 
I got two pairs of Ewings, and I got. I'm trying to decide: do I go with the all white ones, or do, or do I actually go with the Georgetown Ewings that I got the black, you know, the blue and greens? Mm. Do do I go with that, or is that too over the top? I'd be sitting there asking my wife: is this too much? Is is, is the blue and gray Ewings too much, or should I just go with the subtle all whites? You know, or you know, that's that that would be me. You know, but I I guess my question is: like you eat. You talk about the the opportunity to talk X's and O's with a Patrick Ewing. That would excite you. One you know, one of the best players of his era, one of the best players ever, you know, mm-hmm. is in your living room to talk about your son. You have an opportunity to talk X's and O's with him. I can only assume that when we get to that point, you know, you know, Mike Jones the third or whatever, whatever you call, whatever you, you you know your your son will be named. You know, mm-hmm. he's gonna be an X and O's guy too. If he if he takes up the sport, he's gonna be like his dad. Mm-hmm. With with the opportunity to talk basketball with a player like a Pat Ewing, with a play, you know, no matter what you talk about, does that carry the same weight with today's youth as it would for us? We are two middle-aged men who grew up watching Patrick Ewing. So, yes, the opportunity to talk to him about anything would excite us. I'm saying if you're 17, 18, and you've never seen Patrick Ewing play other than in on ESPN Classic or, some, you know, NBA TV, but Hardwood Classic. Have, but what you have seen is Patrick Ewing on NBA sidelines coaching. Mm-hmm. He still, even if you didn't get to see him play, he still has NBA pedigree. Mm -hmm. That's the thing about Patrick Ewing. He's got it as a player and as a member of NBA coaching staffs for years. So it's not just the Patrick Ewing, the player, that young kids see. They see Patrick Ewing, the NBA coach, too. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I understand. I understand. So, so you you think a Patrick Ewing coming into a, uh, a high school junior, high school senior's living room now would would still carry some weight? Mm-hmm. Okay. I do. Okay. Uh, like, like that's that's not like, like I'm I'm more curious to that as far as you know, not necessarily debating it. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I I don't I, I don't know. Like, I don't think they're gonna look at it like it's LeBron walking in the mm-hmm. living room, but I do think it carries some weight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Understood. Understood. I hear you. All right, hey, man, you want to uh, switch gears to some NBA? Let's do it. All right, well, look. Our beloved Philadelphia 76 has lost a heartbreaker earlier this week mm-hmm. to the Milwaukee Bucks. In Milwaukee overtime. Bucks are probably playing – they're playing good ball. They're, they're healthy. Uh, just traded for P.J. Tucker. Mm-hmm. Makes the East a little interesting. You got a tie for first place mm-hmm. with the Sixers and the Nets. Both have been playing very good basketball coming out of the All-Star break. The Nets haven't lost. The Sixers have one loss in overtime, and that against the number three Milwaukee Bucks. And that was without an MVP candidate in Joel Embiid mm-hmm. on the court. So before before you go in, because I, I I feel I I think I see where you go with this. You you looking kind of nice. You ready to go in? Let me ask you this: true or false? Or or, or I would I, I want you to valid validate or invalidate this statement. Okay. It's tell it, it's very telling 
that it took a healthy Milwaukee Bucks team into overtime to beat a Sixers team minus Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. That's that's true to you. That that that's that, that saying something to you. What does that say to you? Well, did you watch that game? Yes. Ben Simmons is capable of guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. and any defensive player will tell you that when I have a real rim protector behind me, I can get even better and more aggressive on defense because mm-hmm. I'm not worried about what happens if you happen to get get by me. Because I know I've got that big seven one seven two three hundred pound guy back there waiting to, to send it back mm-hmm. the other way. So, at the end of the game where Giannis, who's not a jump shooter, is able to get going a little bit and get Milwaukee some light, mm-hmm. I that's going to be a lot harder to do when Embiid is on the court mm-hmm. and able to protect the rim. I, I feel like this is – I'm playing Mike Jones ball right now. This is uh, the nuance, the context Mm -hmm. to some of these debates. I feel like early in his career, I I feel like one, what we're seeing from Ben Simmons now is the development of his defensive game. We're seeing offense and I'll get, I'll get to the offense in a minute, but we're seeing the defense because I feel like Early in his career, Ben Simmons struggled with with guarding a Giannis. And Brett Brown, what Brett would do, and he had some success with this, probably more success than people thought he would have. But if you watch a lot of uh, past Bucks Sixers games, Brett Brown would put uh, Embiid on Giannis, and he wouldn't he wouldn't defend Giannis with Ben. He defended with Embiid and watch Giannis struggle, you know, struggle with the trying to get past the seven footer. Now, mm-hmm. to your point, to your to your point, watching Ben guard him now. And you see what where he struggled because he and what he struggled with was he ended up getting finding himself in foul trouble. So he couldn't be as aggressive down the stretch. And that allowed Giannis to put the ball on the floor and drive to the basket. But if you had if you now guard him with Ben, who who did a good job up until he finally ended up in foul trouble and had to lay off a little bit. But you put JoJo in there and now you don't have to, you know, Ben can be a little more aggressive because you know he's not going to put the ball on the floor. That's, you know, that's the development. That's the development in Ben. That's the development in this team. Now, I wanted to ask you a question about Ben real quick, but I know we're talking about the whole league and we always end up getting, you know, getting wrapped into these sixes conversations. But this was a this was a question I wanted to ask you because, you know, we always go back and forth about the development of Ben Simmons. You see this hook shot that he's got now that he's starting Mm -hmm. to develop? Mm hmm. And yes, we all we all know there will never be a point where you say, all right, he 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 just don't need to find a jumper. 
but do you feel like his ability to get to his spacing, to get to his points and fire off that hook shot wherever he is, does that does that ease your angst over his lack of a jumper? Cuz no. to me, why not? Why are, why not? Because my concern over his unwilling See, my concern really isn't about his lack of a jumper, like, oh, he can't shoot 40%. I don't care if he can shoot 40%. Mm-hmm. His complete lack of willingness to shoot does more to hurt his teammates' games than it does to his game. Because mm-hmm. as a defender, if you're not going to, if I don't have to guard you, like I flat out know you're not shooting that, I can back up into the lane, into passing lanes, and double team other guys who don't even have the ball. And uh, the guys who really are the scoring threats are getting extra attention before they even catch the ball because we don't mm. have to worry about that guy shooting at all. So you still you so so his the development of this jump shot, or excuse me, of this hook shot, doesn't make it, it's it doesn't make the it's lack a, of a jumper a more, less prob, prob, problematic. No, it's a, it's mm-hmm. an. I like the fact that he's be, he's growing and becoming more effective, finding ways to score in the paint. But it's all still pretty much in the paint scoring. Mm-hmm. It's okay. not like the Kareem who could hit you with the hook shot from 15, 18 feet away. That's coming. And keep the, and keep the if you can keep the defense stretched, I don't care how you do it. Mm-hmm. But he has to find a way to keep the defense honest. Mm-hmm. And, and you still, and you still, and you don't see that yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Scoring in the paint doesn't keep the defense honest. Mm-hmm. The defense is already, they're already waiting on you in the paint. Okay. They're at the same place they were before. So what we're looking at is, I can, if I can keep that fifth defender packed in, he's in everybody else's way. Mm-hmm. But if I can make him come out 25, 26 feet, three point line and beyond. Now, if I it doesn't matter if I don't shoot, because the defense is still playing honestly. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So it's not so much that you shoot a lot as much as it is you make the defense respect the, the threat of you shooting. Okay. All right. So one team we haven't talked about, Brooklyn Nets. They played good ball. Mm-hmm. Is it is the East theirs to lose? No, the East is a toss up. Why is the East a toss-up, in your opinion? Because as good as the Nets are offensively, they can be that bad defensively. Mm -hmm. So playoff basketball is usually a slower-paced, more deliberate game Mm -hmm. than up and down of the regular season. Once guys actually start game planning more, valuing possessions more, defense becomes more of a factor. So that that brings you to a situation where if you're going up against the better competition in the league and you're going against a team that actually is committed to playing defense and rebounding, things of that nature, if you have an off-shooting night, you lose if you because you don't play defense, which means the other team you're playing against is still going to be getting their buckets. 
they're way less likely to have off shooting nights because you don't have defense to carry you when you're mm-hmm. having an off shooting night. So it I just feel like people I, are I, people are looking for reasons to give this division uh, to give like, the East to to Brooklyn. Like I know that they have three all time great scores. Yeah. And it's hard for people to imagine them losing. Mm-hmm. I, if you were at make, make me wager, I'd probably put my money on them coming out of the East as well. Is that because? But is that I, because of the? A, is that because of the? Uh, is that because, because of, of Kevin Durant? Because of du- Kevin Durant. It's is that more because, because of Kevin Durant, or it's beca- it's all because of Kevin Durant? Mm-hmm. Okay. My my money would be on Durant. You put talent around Durant. He can get you to a finals. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you see, I guess you see where Brooklyn is. You see where Milwaukee is. Now we're getting close. All star break is uh, all star break is past. Sixers do the Sixers need to make a move? And if they do, what is the move that they make? Let's see that that is the question. Mm-hmm. Mid-season moves are often difficult mm-hmm. because of salary implications. You mm-hmm. got to be a little more exact than you have to have to be in the off-season. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what pieces you could bring in without having to give up something that hurts you just as much as what you bring in helps you. Mm-hmm. I, One name I've heard floated around that if you were able to get him for cheap, like a player I like, if I could give Danny Green and Maxi to Houston for Oladipo, I would do that deal. Mm-hmm. If I could bring in an Oladipo without giving up Tobias, I would do a deal like that. Mm-hmm. Well, but I don't know how many of those deals are, are available. You're not going to get a Bradley Veal or a Zach Levine <laughs> or somebody like that yeah. without giving up one of your top three players that you don't want to move. You want to add to those three players. You don't want to mm-hmm. be taking pe- pieces away, which pretty much would make it a lateral move. Mm-hmm. I guess one one is funny to hear you now talk about keeping Tobias Harris because I feel like there's been times in the history of Jonesy and Brown Oh, I would have moved moved them for Harden. Mm -hmm. That was the move I would have said I would have moved Tobias for. I'd have moved like if I can move Tobias in a package where I'm gonna bring in a bona fide superstar type guy, Mm -hmm. a clear upgrade, sure. But those guys aren't out there. Mm -hmm. Those guys aren't on the move right now. So no, you looking for now? You you looking for peace guys? You looking for mm guys? You you know, even though. Brooklyn brings in James Harden to build around Kevin Durant. James Harden is still the type of player that you bring in to build that you build around. Teams mm-hmm. would want to build around around a James Harden. You know, Brooklyn mm-hmm. just a- happened to find themselves in a position where you could get a piece that you build around and use that to build around their star. You know, mm-hmm. but but nonetheless, you know, without giving up their other stuff, mm-hmm, without giving up, you know, without they giving were up able Kyrie, to do it without giving up Kyrie, mm-hmm. he, Kyrie's still one, uh, one of your top guards. You can't win with. Be clear, he's still one of my top point guards. You mm-hmm. can't win with. Mm-hmm. 
he's not playing point guard in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Just like he didn't play point guard with LeBron in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He's he's gone off the ball. Kyrie Kyrie off the ball is one of the most effective scorers the league has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Just don't ask him to run your offense. Mm-hmm. Different. I still believe that that is a show in itself. I feel like that's the show that we need to do because I set people up and I and I and I see his. I know you. Mm-hmm. So I I know how to play the Jonesy game. You know, I know how to be calculated in the topics I argue with with you on and the topics I leave alone. And there are certain topics I like to just, you know, throw out there and let other mm-hmm. people argue with you because I'm not going to touch it. I think the Jonesy list of guards you can't win with is is a they're point they're point guards point guard uh, uh, point guards you can't win with mm-hmm. okay I that's bait right there and I, I I don't fall for it I won't do I'm look I'm that's I'm Mike Singletary can't do it won't do it but I think that's that is a show I think when especially if and when Brooklyn does not win the championship this year, there needs to be a conversation about the the point, the might, the all time list. You you need to formulate that list. I'm I'm giving that assignment to you. Put that on the back burner, and just mm-hmm. think about that. Marinate on that. All right. So Let's we can that. do it. We can do an entire. We'll do that when when all basketball is done for the 2020 2021 season when we'll there is a national ch- summertime yeah well you know when, when we're when we're doing the, when we're we'll doing do our huge the finals in the draft yeah when we're doing our huge big three preview show yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about the the the, the, the ultimate mike jones point guards you can't win with conversation the list the ultimate list Mm-hmm. That'll be when I play point guard, and I just throw you the rock. I'm just, I'm the, we gonna be like Kemp. We gonna, yeah, we gonna be like Kemp in in uh in in Gary Payton, man. But mm-hmm. look, it's that time, y'all. One, I'm looking at the clock, and I I got basketball to watch. <laughs> you and me both. I got basketball to watch. Uh, Pop just came through with two cases of Corona. So shout oh, it's out. It's going to be a good day. Oh, oh, bruh, bruh, you, you, you don't even know. It's, uh, this, this is like, this is, this is a holiday to me. First two days, first two days of the, I'm going to sit here on my couch. I'm going to watch this basketball. I got the three TVs. We going to be fired. They're going to be fired that, up. That we agree on. That we definitely agree on. So look, if. You want to talk to us about what you agree or disagree with us on? Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Philly Gopher. Well, not for him. At Z. Jonesy and Brown. Jonesy and Brown and BITW Sports. I do too many things. I got too many ads. Either way, look, thank you. Enjoy the basketball. Enjoy the sports. He is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. We'll holler at you guys whenever we feel like I'll call. Peace, y'all. You feel this podcast? To hear this more. Go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or iTunes or 
Apple Podcasts, and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. Brown.